0: Speaking of monetizing content, we are now live, we are underway, we are rocking and rolling. Uh, If one of you guys want to tweet out the YouTube link, that would be awesome. We'll give people, not that, uh, you know, we don't really do this regularly, I know we gave people pretty short notice, but if they want to join, love to have them. If not, well, this will be on the YouTube tonight. Um, We'll have a show for y'all tomorrow as well, so if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you may be getting a twofer, a twofer Tuesday, which is really really exciting stuff but um, gentlemen what I like about the live show is that you know we give people 45 seconds a minute to come in um, so we get to do a little bit of banter I will say for for those of y'all listening that don't want to hear our banter we're going to talk about the spring game takeaways and we're also going to talk about five star Georgia transfer um, at the uh, at the tackle position so uh, gentlemen how how are we though on this wonderful Monday evening?
1: Dave, I think you should go first on this one because I'm uh, looking a little green there, my guy.
0: I don't want to talk about it. I feel great, Max. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, buddy. Dave drank some bad chocolate milk, so if his feed just cuts out in the middle of it. Um, that's what it was. Sorry, buddy, but again, like I said, solve that They're problem there. By, by not drinking chocolate people. milk as an adult. So you kind of people want some life. Dave. People always want some Dave. Jeez. All right, Jeez. folks, welcome to Locked on Seminoles, your favorite daily Florida State sports talk show. We're on YouTube. We are on any podcasting platform you may have. We appreciate y'all listening. Make sure that y'all subscribe to the YouTube. We broke 900 last week. I would like to push to a thousand and I think we can do it. Guys, can we roll the video and dive in talking about the spring game? and Mims, the five star offensive tackle transfer from Georgia. Yes, we can. Three, rock. two, one, go. Our Locked On Seminoles,
2: your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: All right, folks, we are back from our fun intro in a very special live edition of Locked On Seminoles, your favorite daily Florida State sports talk show. Gentlemen, I'm going to lean back, metaphorically, not actually going to lean back because then I'll get weird in the frame, but I'm going to, yeah, I know, Uh, I'm going to let y'all kind of start the conversation about the spring game because I was the only one that was actually there. Um, I'm not going to say I'm more dedicated to my job than both of you, but you know, I mean, uh, it is what it is. So I'll let y'all lead that way. I'm not just word vomiting and there's actually some construction or some guardrails to, to the spring game talk. So,
1: and that's where I throw him out because he just, you know, talking some mad, mad nonsense. I'm just joking folks, but no, like Max, he was there. Luckily, you know, myself, I not going to make, I can't make a seven hour drive on a short it's work a week trip. It's a long, long trip. And also here, with my family, Dave, they has no excuse, but no for, it's actually good that you Literally were there actually. For us, because on TV, they um, correct me if I'm wrong. It was not a good product. Actually, we actually saw it on TV. And yeah,
2: I, I, I thought like, oh, it's OK. I'll just see exactly what's going on in this football game. They're televising. That didn't happen.
1: No, actually, Max, that's kind of like this from people I've talked to. It seems, it seems apparently that we didn't look as bad as we did done TV because they were cutting off plays. The AC Network was interviewing. I think everyone under the sun affiliated with the university, too. Like, we missed a touchdown by Tate Rodemaker with two counts on Poetier. Missed a great pass breakup by Demore Tate. So, I mean, the yeah. team overall, the defense looked pretty good. The offensive line looked kind of shuffling around even though they were missing three starters. So, overall, I mean, just it looked like a glorified practice as we know spring games typically are. So yeah, Max...
2: Do you do you uh, want to go? Do you want to go back and forth on the kind of thoughts that we had? Because we we went back on this yesterday.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I I want to comment in, in, on what Drake said and set some context for folks that maybe only watched the broadcast. Um, going back and watching the broadcast, yeah, it was kind of weird. It was like a glorified talk show where they showed a little bit of football, just real piss poor filming by the ACC network. Um, yep. We've come to expect that though. Uh, as far as, yeah, we can go back and forth on thoughts now, Dave, but it, it yeah, it looked a lot better in person. I actually wasn't, I didn't see the initial two point conversion, or, you know, some people said it's like a goal, a fourth and goal, and you need seven no matter what. Some people said it was a two point conversion. Either way, the context is all three quarterbacks threw interceptions, but they were basically told this is one of those plays where going out of bounds is not an option. Try to complete a touchdown if it's a pick. We're going to lose anyway, so no one cares. I get it. Now that sounds better. That sounds better now knowing that in context. Right. That's the context of like, you hear, oh, they all threw a pick to start. No, no, that's that's a drill you do. And some people, like I heard Josh Newberg today basically said that, oh, well, this should be more of a showcase and you shouldn't do that. I think that's a very valid opinion. I think it's an equally valid opinion that, well, they were trying to do something to just kind of get the game started, let people shuffle in, so they did this drill. Um, however, you want to feel about that, but it's not like all three quarterbacks threw interceptions off the off the rip from like you know just a regular first and ten. Yeah, but like it's, it's kind of bad
1: when the first throw was a pick. Next one, I mean, like just the optics were not good. I think no, that's just, just more. That's just started. more like yeah. yeah, like and like I'm with I'm with Newberg on this one. Yeah, I'm yeah. with Newberg on that one too. Started. Mainly, I'm just like I also don't understand how I think they only played what three quarters and then also a lot of practices. That's kind of like a lot of people are driving up to go see this you did that you spent your money to go in there and i'm just like here's the thing we're not watching practice so it's just like it's overall like kind of wasting my time and my money to just you know for being here for a spring game i didn't come here for practice if i really want to do that i could go get credentialed credentialed and then stop by but
0: other than that like this is not my cup of tea here's the thing you to me you are the ceo as a head coach in in power five football you are the ceo of a business with four main departments right Number one, producing on the field. That's, that's your first that's your main department. You have to be good at that and that's the vertical of your business. You have to run effectively. Number two, you oversee the other, another business vertical of recruiting. You have to do that well as, as well, you have to, well as well. Look at Dan Mullen. Great at coaching, didn't have any interest in recruiting, Got fired after a 10 win season. Number three, you have to sell season tickets. It does not matter if you do the first two things well. If season tickets are not being sold, you're going to get fired. Or they'll fire the athletic director, who will probably try to sell more tickets by firing you. And number four is you oversee the donations from the boosters. A lot of people who give a lot of money to this school look forward to events like the spring game. I'm not going to disclose the exact amount, but for someone my age, I would bet I'm probably, I don't know, what would you guys guess in the top one or top half percent of booster donors for people that are 29 years old um you know I, I give quite a bit of money for some of my age to school and I'm not saying that to impress you I'm saying that to impress upon you when I get in my car and I drive five hours to go watch this game yeah I want to see a football game or a little bit of a showcase I don't want to see them doing freaking weird drills that like I could go watch the Pee Wee team down the street do that really don't show me anything so yeah I I didn't realize I cared as much about this until you brought it up, but I am in full agreement on this. I think, yeah, I, I wanted to see like Jameis's garnet goal game where you see what does the team look like. And unfortunately, that's not really what we got to see on Saturday. So, Dave, it looks like
1: that me and you made the best decision and just stay home.
0: <laughs> like for you, it was seven hours. All Dave had to do was, was drive 25 minutes down the street and come hang out with his friend.
1: You're, you're a dick, Dave.
0: All right, well, Dave figures out a sound, folks, we got to tell you about the folks that make this all possible. And one of those is Built Bar. This time of year, uh, you've probably given up on your New Year's resolution, but I'm sticking to mine and that is eating right. Like I told y'all, I am a Bilt Bar and a protein shake every day after I work out. In fact, I work out sometimes just because I know I get the Built Bar after. And if you haven't tried their puffs, you got to try them. They're the first ever protein infused marshmallow. It's like eating a peep, but with protein in it. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. So guys, girls, ladies and gentlemen, go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart and you'll be blown away by the high protein, the low calories, the high fiber and the low carbs, 17 grams of protein, four grams of carbs, four grams of sugar, 130 calories. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's all right guys and girls. Promo code LOCK15 to get fifteen percent off your Built Bar order. Try that now, Dave. We had you on a host mute on accident. I don't know why. Weird. Anyway, um, but yeah, let's let's talk actual thoughts about what we saw because uh, y'all did see some football, so I'm sure there are yeah. there are thoughts there. But guide away.
2: Yeah, the look there were positives. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to be Debbie Downer here. But the very first thing that stuck out to me, like we went into this game thinking, on offense, what do we not want to see, or what do, what do we want to see? Max, you talked about it a lot. We want to see us not get in the third and longs, right? I counted four times in the first five minutes that we were in third and long situations, and that wasn't just on one side of the ball. That was on both the Garnet and the Gold team. I, I just man, this this team is going to need to cut that out if we're going to be better next year because that killed us last year. It killed us the year before. It directly relates to our success on offense and overall. And it's just really disappointing to see that all over again.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, here's here's the thing about that, though. I agree with you. That's what I wanted to see. But the minute you didn't have – I mean, we said this. It, it, it's funny because we picked the number three, and y'all act like I was, I mean, you should have, but it was like, no way, we'll have three injuries. I said if three offensive linemen get injured, you win one game this season. We literally were missing three of them on Saturday. So... I thought it yeah. was two. No, we were missing three because I think that uh, what's... Um, wait, I know so we De'Aaron Goss was completely it. out. D-Wash was completely out. And then um, oh, gosh, someone, gosh. someone did one. It matters when you're splitting your line in two. He's I one year too I- deep. I I didn't didn't
1: know Goss was still on the team.
0: Yeah, Goss didn't didn't play, and then there was one more that left after like one series. I'm sorry. Got my notes, but I didn't write down names. Point is, uh, we have to decide how we want to, like, how do we want to look at our defensive line? It's kind of what you have to ask yourself when evaluating the spring game. Because on one hand, the narrative that we have put forward and that a lot of people around the program are agreeing with is, this could be... Not just the best defensive line in the ACC, but one of the best in the country. In fact, this defense—can one of y'all look it up on on um, Football Outsiders at the end of the year? Wasn't our defense like top thirty in the nation efficiency-wise? Maybe like thirty-eight, or maybe top forty. I think it was like forty-seven. I think overall it was okay. So top fifty. So not that great. But if they improve, right, and they go from what where they did back then, and they come forward. Goss ain't even on the team. All right. Well, who's the big yeah, six no. foot seven guy? Who's our six foot seven swing tackle that was a project two years ago that's coming along? You mean now? Lloyd
1: Willis? I was like, saying. Like, I know D Wash and Lloyd Willis are both. Why the
0: hell did I say Goss? Sorry, man. Sorry, 863. I appreciate it, man. I am terrible with names and they just kind of float. Yeah. He was the notable missing one. That was the one that I wanted to see play, was Willis, because I said I was excited. Oh, sorry, random thought, but thank you. Yeah. Schrader was the other one. Um, I really liked what I saw at Kaniya Charlton. And remember I said I was going to be looking for him specifically because he's just so big. It's like a shiny new toy. He's not going to start this year, but you definitely see the size there. Um, That was exciting to see him run blocking a bit. Um, Dylan Gibbons didn't play much, I think. I'm trying to remember how much I saw Gibbons on the field because I was looking for him. But what I noticed is I went down into the bowl like down, you know, where they kind of just would let you wherever and went back up to the Champions Club for the game, which is why I missed the opening um, two-point series. You can tell that Gibbons has been lifting some weights. Like, he wasn't a small guy last year by any means. I mean, he wasn't wasn't flubby or anything, but, like, he just looks more – he looks like he's been in a weight room for a year. Like, he just – he looks different than he did when I – because remember we ran to him last year uh, before the Notre Dame game. We saw him doing the take Timmy to Tally and – He's just, he looks a little different. Um, but anyway, I'm getting off topic. So we have to decide, right, is this one of the best offensive lines in the ACC and we think it could be amazing, Deep or do rather. we not? Because if we think that about our defensive line, then we can't really be that upset that our offensive line didn't look great about against arguably one of the best defensive lines they're going to face all year. Yeah. Or we think they're kind of average, and then we can be upset about it. But I don't... Like, I don't. I, just, I, I don't think we need
1: to be mad about being average. I mean, we've been kind of killing ourselves it, to hopefully take at get even close to being average. Because I think what four years ago, Dalvin Cook probably made the worst, worst offensive line in the history of this team like, ever had, actually look decent. So to me, average overall is going to be a huge step in improvement. Because we don't need them to be all class world elite. We just need right. them to somewhat give Jordan Travis room and time to operate, to step up into the pocket, which. I think we'll probably get into the next segment too. So to me, like this offensive line, it's not going to be top in the ACC. To me, I think the ceiling for this, if they're fully healthy all year. No, I meant year,
0: defensive. Sorry, I was talking about the defensive line, oh, top in the ACC, not oh, yeah, yeah, this offensive line. won't be top in the ACC.
1: I would say, yeah, no, but no. I mean, like I think this offensive line, if they're fully healthy all year, if you look across the entire ACC landscape, they can be at best number five. This defensive line though, the only defensive line to me in this conference that's better is Clemson. And that's because yep. they have a Brian Brisey, several players on there. And then Miami, they have a lot of name players like a Leonard Taylor, who I think could definitely be a first round pick. But to me, this defensive line, I'm not going to, you know, hold it you know, to them that they got beat up by probably the best line they'll see all season long. So to me, I'm not going to put too much weight actually in the entire spring. Cause I know Dave was freaking out about
0: that yesterday. Well, and the beauty is there aren't stats out there. I don't think so. I guess, I mean, at least not on pro football focus, I can tell you from being there and watching I don't—yeah, DJ Ferg, um, go back and and watch this after uh, when you get a chance because we we touched on that at the beginning about the marketing, and I agree. I think that was really dumb. I mean, this was—like, you're in a year where you really need to raise booster donations and you really want Rising Spear to get money flowing to it because what we're about to talk about in the next segment, we're about to be in the NIL fight of our lives to get a five-star offensive lineman, and you basically do nothing. You just do like a practice weird thing. And the thing is, y'all got to realize, you watched on the telecast. I think they said on the telecast what they were doing. No one explained to us in the stadium what was going on. All of a sudden, after the third quarter, they just stopped playing football and started running Oklahoma drills or whatever the hell was going on on the field. It was like really, they, they really used bizarre. To,
2: they used to do that back in the day, too. Like, I remember the last days of Bobby Bowden. like They would run like situational support So That's actually not that weird compared to what we used to do.
0: Yeah, and most people probably left, but at least explain it because no one knows what's going on. It's very awkward. But I will say the offensive line looked fine. I was actually impressed by the run blocking. I think that Benson was your best running back on the day. Treshawn Ward still looks solid, but it felt a lot... How do I put this? It felt like they were having to do a lot less to get the same amount or more than they would get on standard runs last year. Like last year, it seemed like every run that was big... Required, you know, that favorite double pull counter we talked about, or they were always doing some misdirection, or something was always having, there was never just hand the guy a ball and he goes and gets five or six yards. And I felt like what I saw on Saturday, there were a couple that didn't go so well, but there was a lot more where it was like that run was successful because of the blocking that was in front of it versus like, thank God that, you know, despite the blocking, they made something work.
2: All right. So, so Drake, you saw it on TV max you saw it in person did anything you see limited as it may have been change your mind one way or the other on what you expect this
0: year has anything you've ever seen in a spring game ever changed your mind oh Oh, dude i I thought malik Henry
1: was gonna win a (laughs) heisman remember that yeah and then also remember remember justin fields in ohio state
2: Lamarcus joyner getting burnt by a walk-on
0: oh yeah you all that, right, well, I y'all mean, put more and, stock in a spring game than I do because I no, don't that, think that, i that's, ever... that's,
1: that's what I'm saying, though. Like, all these things, like, to me, a spring game literally means absolutely nothing except for maybe right. one question that kind of want to ask the both of you. And it's more that we saw, like, Tate Rodemaker probably was the best QB all the entire spring game. I'm not saying if Tate's going to be a starter. I don't, he's going to be Jordan Travis. What I'm asking is that Tate looked a lot more comfortable, like, delivering the balls and more accurate knowing he wasn't going to get hit. Jordan Travis yeah. was in the same conditions, and he was still kind of his decision making was a little bit quicker. He still had a little bit of that happy feet kind of issue. So, like, do you kind of like does that make you worry a little bit that he knows he's not going to get hit? He knows the pressure is going to be, still be there, but not get you know kind of walloped. That he still was kind of like kind of seemed uncomfortable a little bit. Like he wasn't bad, but he wasn't good by any stretch of the imagination.
0: I think there's a conflation between why the. Two of them. I understand what you're asking, but I think there's a, a conflation between why the two of them might have, quote, happy feet. I think if someone like Roddamaker gets happy feet, it's because they're worried about getting hit. Jordan's trying to decide if he can run or not. And I think with Jordan, there was noticeable confusion because there were times where a defender would be nowhere near him and they'd blow it dead because he was like, you know, whatever. And then there were times where they let Tate Roddamaker run for 25 yards, like with guys around him. So I would imagine a lot of that kind of uh, from Jordan was he didn't know if he was allowed to run or not because sometimes again, they'd let him go. Sometimes if a defender was within six yards, but had a line to him, they would blow it dead. I see. It's, no. it's
1: more, it's more that like, it's, it worries me mainly because I kind of have the fear that like he he's still not confident enough that he has the faith in his passing ability. And he kind of, you see on certain throws that he does have that, but when he did have a clean pocket and certain times that it did show, that like he kind of didn't want to take that step up. He was like, actually, no, I'm going to go left or right because that's what I know I'm good at. And also that he's like, what I mentioned either a week ago or two weeks ago, that he's to the point now where he thinks he has to do every single thing. He's not used to having this sort of better offensive line, whether it be kind of average that he has to push it a little bit further to kind of like, I'm not going to go, go be great passer anymore.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I got, well, your receivers I got weren't getting you. open. I mean, he has to roll out to give himself the opportunity to run because it's not always that he runs. Cause he's going to get hit. There also was not a lot of, there were not a lot of open receivers to throw to. And I think that Lance, to answer his question, a lot of it was good coverage. I mean, the defensive backs looked great. Those guys, but we've talked about this for how many weeks, like they're supposed to be great. Like we're very excited about this defensive backfield. And um yeah i i don't know dave
2: yeah i I got news for you if if the passing game doesn't look much improved from last year benson looked good in that spring game i will you know put my foot in my mouth at least as far as what we saw in that game though he runs a lot more upright than i expected um if if the passing game isn't if the passing game isn't a lot better than it was last year I don't know that we're making a ball game. There's your ball prediction
0: for the day. Oh, I think that's absolutely wrong. I I couldn't disagree with that more. I think if the passing game doesn't change at all from last year, here's what I saw in the spring game: your running back room will be just as good as your running back room was last year. Enough. Uh, Benson's improved, or Benson's there. I,
1: I think Benson's. Philly's gotten
0: better, and Williams oh, has got. Hang on, let me finish. I said your room. I didn't say anyone's going to be better than Corbin. I'm saying DJ Williams has gotten better. Benson is good enough. And Toa Philly has definitely gotten better, so I think you're going to get about the same production on the ground. So if nothing changes in the passing game, if we have the exact same passing game we had last year, just a few less injuries, you you win seven or eight games this year. To say you don't make a bowl game if the passing game doesn't, we weren't a passing team last year, and I don't I think I don't have know to why be. we ex- why I don't think we to be we could have, have, a, we, could have I, we were 20 points away from winning nine games
2: or last year. or better at passing. I hear you. Why? I hear think you? but without the balance there. I just don't see you pulling out those hard games we have this year.
0: Well, and that maybe is why we had it. But again, 20 points away from eight or nine wins last year. Was it nine wins last year or 20 points away from? Was it Was it eight wins?
2: It, it, it's it game of inches. Maybe it doesn't come out that way. You know, maybe we're not getting lucky in a few spots that make games closer. Than sure, they might but again, be- you,
0: don't put, you don't put how on the scorecard. And it's the same reason they say on the SAT to skip questions you don't know because every question's worth the same number of points. Why force yourself to get better at something you're not built to be good at when you could be just, just as good as you were the year before, get a little bit incrementally better at the thing you're already pretty good at through a slightly better run blocking in a good running back room and have a better result. Like people want us to be good at passing because they view a correlation between great teams and being good at passing. I don't think that's an incorrect correlation. But if you again judge a fish by its ability to jump, you're going to think it's a bad fish. But we're not that team, and we don't need it. It's not that
2: it's not that unreasonable, though, considering the coaches restock the entire receiver room. It seems obvious to me they think we need to be better at passing, or they wouldn't have done that.
1: And I'm also I I think it's more that we need to supplement the running back room with even the threat of a passing attack, like a decent. I'm not saying that our new identity should be passing the ball exclusively, because I don't think Jordan is built for that. But, let's but go back I do to the think stable. that overall, if we want to actually win these eight games, you probably need Jordan to have a total of about maybe what three thousand yards, three thousand five hundred total yards offense.
0: I think I think two I think two thousand. Yeah. You can win eight games because he only yeah, had man. like twelve what twelve hundred last year through the air, and then I think he had like seven hundred on the ground. Yeah, so you probably yeah okay if we're counting both, maybe twenty five. But hang on, we're getting off the statement. Dave's statement was, if the passing game does not substantially improve, we don't make a bowl game. And I think that is that is hyperbole at best.
2: Maybe. It was it was just not something opponents had to worry about last year.
0: But you were— how, Okay, and again, you were one stupid play against Jacksonville State for making a bowl game, and you have an easier schedule this year. To say that if it doesn't substantially improve— So you're talking Jordan throwing for like 3,000 yards just no. through the air. Because that's substantially— substantially yeah, well, is not him getting a little would bit be better.
2: substantially 2500 would be substantially any
0: well you have to look at yards more. per attempt right we have to look at yards per attempt i guess is fair because he did miss a lot of time last year but like to say we don't make a bowl game if we don't improve substantially through the air my only point is that like you don't have to improve substantially you just have to be to what drake said good enough to make teams respect the past so you can open up a run game and you can actually win a lot of games if your defense steps up so, I actually have his attempts
1: right here. So, he actually had 1,500 yards passing. Oh, dude. I thought it was lower. Which is actually a lot— That's actually a lot higher than I thought, to be honest with you.
0: But overall— well, I looked it up I at at one had... point. I was like, if he had as many attempts as Bryce Young, he would have had, like, the 12th most yards in the nation or something. Like yeah, but with we, his we yard, you can't, can't do the plug and play type of thing, especially with the Heisman. No, no, that's I know. I'm just saying he, he had a very uh, low number of that's teams. Uh, kind of cheating, my
1: guy. It's kind of cheating, not joking, but no. I think with Jordan <laughs> Travis, though, he has also 500 rushing yards, so we need to see in a thousand yard improvement. And I yeah. don't think you're going to see the increase in the rushing yards that much more. So to me, asking him to probably do about another thousand yards passing. I'm not saying it's a it's a substantial kind of like jump, that's but that substantial. is like, that's a pretty big jump for passing if we want him to have 3000 total yards. That's a sixty seven percent jump. Which is not asking him to do, you know, give us the
0: world, right? Well, are we trying to win are we trying to win a national championship or are we trying to just make a bowl game? Cuz I was arguing against Dave's statement about we won't make a bowl game. I think if Jordan Travis throws for 1500 yards next year, you can still find 6 wins on this schedule. You don't have a very tough schedule. The ACC is going to be weaker next year. And you could still win six games with Maybe. Jordan Travis passing for 1,500 yards and Tate Rodemaker having to back him up a few times.
2: You could, yeah. but if you want to be confident, that's all I'm saying. If you want to be confident you're making a bowl game next yeah, year, the goodness. passing has got to improve.
0: I just, dude, I still, all right, we'll move on. Cause I just, I think you get locked into this old school Florida State mentality. Like you're conflating bowl game with like orange bowl. Like I don't think, like, bowl game is six freaking wins. Like I'm going to pull up the schedule. Like Duquesne is a guaranteed one right somebody somebody tell the folks about bet online while i pull this up
1: folks benline.net BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to get all the latest sports action actually let me, folks let me pull up the graphic real quick so you don't see me reading the teleprompter i'm completely joking folks but folks we're head right, on over to right, benline.net our, easy- right. oh, our sponsors adore God. us but no benline.net is the fastest and easiest way to get the, all your latest sports action whether it be ufc nhl Baseball has just started and the Marlins have already disappointed me. And as Dave said, a few like about a week ago, we're already eliminated for the playoffs. But folks, yep. if you can, you know, have a little better teams like Dave has the Yankees. Max has Max doesn't have any other team. But head on over I'm to BetOnline.net. I got a little what?
0: Nats hats. I'm a Nats fan. I got a lot of Nats hats.
1: If you want to bet on the Nats and not information last place, oh, no, trust me, those folks. That. Sorry. Now you're not doing that. Then we're not going to give that kind of gambling advice us on here, folks. But folks, head over to BetOnline.net and use locked on. That's a promo code locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And you'll get a hundred percent. That's right, folks, a one zero zero percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, from going locked on L-O-C-K E-D-O-N, bid online where the game
0: starts. So, yeah, I mean again, there like I said, there there's a difference between um between making a bowl game and like making a great bowl game because we're talking about six wins, and you look at this schedule, and it's like Duquesne's a guaranteed win, I hope, but But honestly it is, right? And we've already said this, I will start donating to Georgia State and become a Panthers fan, right? If we don't beat Georgia Tech, Syracuse, and the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. So all you have to do, once you have those four games in there, you just have to find two more wins in your next seven games against LSU, Louisville, Boston College, Wake Forest, NC State, Clemson, Miami, and Florida. You just have to beat two of those teams to you make it to a bowl you game. You should. Now, I don't think just making it should. to a bowl game is good enough, by the way. I think that yep. we should try to win a seven or eight games because I think that if if we barely squeak into a bowl game next year, I'm really not going to be excited about the way the season yep. ended. My point was just if Jordan Travis stays the exact same, I still think a bowl game is a very, very easy floor. Um Next year. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with the eight, six, three. Cause that's the thing, right? Is we I forget, agree, I don't have Excel open and I don't know. how. That's a characters. good question or a good point. Well, well, hang on. about a second? like if you, 11 is throwing me off. That's Android not
2: that crazy. 200 yards a game,
1: which is about 2,400 yards passing, which to me, that's well, granted I've, like a uh, fairly, we haven't seen Jordan Travis be healthy for a full season, which is probably the other thing you kind of have to add into that. To, you have
0: to account that right at but, this point in
2: the sad. offensive line.
1: And yeah. the offensive line, too, because he hasn't had the best supporting cast around him, too, also, if we're going to put that in there. But, like, it's just, like, if we're asking him to only have 200 yards per game, that's not asking the world of him. And it's something he's never done, so that, I mean, it, you should, it's it's James, fine to question that.
2: James Blackman did it in 2019,
0: so. Yeah, and again, it's not that crazy. It's just, like, you're asking for a lot of improvement from a kid who um, has never been asked to do that. So, what is that, 7.9? How many attempts did he have last year? One hundred and ninety-four. Okay, so let's look at it this way. He had seven point nine yards per attempt last year, right? Is that right? Am I reading that correctly?
1: You yeah. are reading that correctly. Seven 7.9 point yards nine yards.
0: All right. So seven point nine yards per attempt. If we break that down, then he would need three hundred and sixteen attempts to get to whatever. That's twenty-six attempts a game. Or is that complete? Is that per completion, seven point nine that's seven point nine yards per completion.
1: Yeah.
0: It's gotta be. All right. So we need him at twenty six percent. So if we if we if he completes sixty percent of his passes, right? So times or it's divided by 0.6 Okay, so well, yeah well, no that so when you break okay. it down like that, yeah, that's a super realistic number and I'm fine setting that standard. It's a good call, guys. Yeah. By the um, way, Max He would Blackman need to throw the actually, ball. Blackman
2: at broke twenty two hundred yards twice. So Keep that
0: in mind. Yeah, no, I'm with you. So so here here's how the numbers shake out. If Jordan Travis were to not improve at all, 7.9 yards per throw. Okay, so no improvement in his in his in his yards per pass. I'd like to point out that that's not that crazy because his yards per pass the year before were 8.1 in 2020. Last year is 7.9. So it's a pretty safe assumption. Like we're not we're not being pessimistic saying he won't, that number won't jump. That number stays at 7.9. If he can hit 60% completion percentage, he needs to, th- to throw the ball 44 times a game. You figure we play, what, 70 s- offensive snaps a game? 65? 70? There's no way Norvell throws the ball 45 of 70 attempts. It's just not what his offense does. I don't so, think any offense would do that, honestly. So yards <laughs> per pass has to go up. So his yards per pass has to go up. Or his completion percentage, but I don't think 60 is yeah. that. Like, I, I
2: 65 isn't that unfair to
0: which also no, goes I mean, last is, year it was all right, let's, let's say it stays the same as last year. Cause I gave him 60, but, but why don't <laughs> we a give him 62.3? Right. right. Last year it was 62.3. Yeah, so yeah, it's still 42. So you'd have to throw the ball 42 times. That, that's just I not that really, question. Oh, what's going on with, Oh, I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. We've been on this for a while. That that's was in my point, notes. Man. The tight end room is screwed. Yeah. Um. Right. So Actually, I'm really glad you brought that up. I was doing a lot of yard work today. I was listening to podcasts, and I had this thought. We keep saying we need another transfer-wide receiver. Like, Winston Wright went down. I have two thoughts here, so I'll try to keep it concise. But Winston Wright went down, and now it's like, oh, we need another receiver. I don't know if Winston Wright going down really has anything to do with us needing another receiver. And here's why. Hear me out. Because you can have as many great square pegs as you want, but if there's only one square hole, you can only put one peg in that hole. Micah Pittman is going to step up in the same spot that Winston Wright would have been. So the delta there really isn't all that significant. The problem you're seeing at receiver is that neither Malik McClain nor Johnny Wilson is stepping up on the outside. So it's less Winston Wright and more like you don't have a big body on the outside that really is showing you they're a huge threat. How did Florida make up for not having a great threat on the outside? A first round draft pick tight end. We don't even have like a third day flyer tight end on the roster right now. Our best tight end on Saturday, head and Wyatt shoulders Rector. above everyone, was Wyatt Rector. And Wyatt Rector ain't that good. Hey, to be fair, the man, man, the, don't, the, don't, man don't. the man, no. was
1: a three star QB no, athlete. And not, played we're a we're no, 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 he, he's transfer. a good
0: athlete. His catch that's on the highlight video is good. It was a good that's catch. A good it was a good scamper. Catch. I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to like denigrate Wyatt Rector. But you look back at the tight ends that have come through this program and you look at, frankly, the level of tight end you need to succeed in the modern game with a spread concept offense. Yeah, We don't have it on the roster right now if Cam McDonald doesn't step up.
1: I mean, this is kind of like where like I know Dave brought up Cam McDonald. We haven't heard much about him. I think we kind of saw like why, because he's decent. He's good at blocking. That's perfectly fine. But he's just not someone that you can rely on a lot in the passing game. And we saw also Jackson West. His second year here, he can't catch the football, and he has all the traits to be a super athletic tight end. And Max, the reason why we haven't been able to go for a tight end in the portal is, I think the only one that will kind of we kind of reached out to that actually was serviceable for our team when South Carolina with his teammate Spencer Rattler. So to me, like, there's really no options there. I know we have 17 tight ends. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we if there's some you know talking to in that room. That'd be probably one of the few kids in there that probably won't be there probably after spring practice is over. So to me, I probably would move someone there. I know I see Johnny Wilson's name down there. I've been saying that, but – because to me,
0: I mean, he's just but a bigger body. He's, that, a, what, he's a threat out there. does that to if he can He's not even more of a threat at tight – look, that's it, it, not a bad point, Drake, but at the same time, if his hands don't work at, at receiver, why would they start working at tight end? He is a good blocker, but so is Cam McDonald. Actually – Preston Daniel is your best blocking tight end on that roster, and I'll say that right now. We need a tight end that can catch the freaking ball, not another one that can block. Here's
2: the reality. You're going to have to win in spite of your tight end play, because this room ain't getting fixed based on who's on the roster, who's in the transfer portal. You've got to recruit the position better. It's going to take a couple years. The position ain't there. Cam McDonald, I mean, it'll just be all right.
1: And also with Johnny Wilson, I think you can probably have him. Probably you already hear he's working out super hard to catch the ball a lot. I have more faith yeah. that we can probably have Johnny Wilson somewhat catch the ball a lot more and be effective with his six foot seven frame and his speed than what we've seen over out of Cam McDonald for the past few years. So to me, I would just roll the dice with that and gamble it because honestly.
0: What do you have else to lose besides probably your job next year? Well, you have, you have an outside threat to, so, so I think there's a lot of moving parts next King Mac. Well, no, no, I look, I think because Drake, you've been on what King Mac saying, and I don't think it's a horrible point, but I think it's a little more nuanced than we're making out to be. Yes. It makes sense. Six, seven, good blocker, put him at tight end, but then you need someone else on the outside. Hey, look, here's the thing. If he can catch well, you want him on the outside because you need an outside threat. If he can't catch well, him moving to tight end does nothing. It's just another guy that, it's another Jordan Wilson, right? Jordan Wilson, right? Big tight end. Um, It's another, Jordan Wilson from last year, like another good blocker, totally different body types, but it's another, we don't need another blocker. We need someone at tight end that can catch the ball. So if Johnny can catch, maybe he could be that guy. But if Malik McLean's not stepping up, now you've sacrificed your outside threat to bring him into tight end. What we need is Cam McDonald to start actually playing up to his billing. And we've seen flashes from him. Or Jackson West, who had an embarrassing drop. I mean, dude, there's times where you see a drop and you're like, ah, oh, that was close. Jackson West's drop, like on, I was sitting in the back, so what was my rights, like the visitor side of the field. Dude, I felt embarrassed for him. That was abysmal, the way he dropped that. Like, that was one of those drops. And I'm sorry, Jackson West, if you're, if you're listening to this. But, like, that was one of those moments of who let him put garnet and Gold on. Like, that, I thought we were done seeing that on this field. And again, one decent run from Wyatt Rector, that's fine. But if they put any decent coverage linebacker on Wyatt Rector, he's not going to have success either. So I, I don't know what you do about the room. I don't hate the point, Mac or Drake, about putting Johnny Wilson there. I just don't know what that does for you as a team. Because either if he can catch well, you're sacrificing an outside threat. If he can't catch well, he's useless at tight end because we don't need more blockers because Preston Daniel can do that.
1: Yeah, the new tight end, you put him anywhere you want anyways to if they're really good, so... That's kind of where I was
0: going with that. Well, then he's just a why. I mean, either way, I need Giant Wilson to learn how to catch the damn ball. Like, I mean, he, I, 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 like, at, at the oh, end of the day, catch the ball. at the end of the day, catch the ball. But yeah, no, and, and then there's one last thing I wanted to bring up, just because we were doing this math exercise earlier. Florida State last year ran. Um, I love when we get to do this stuff. Florida State last last year ran 68.4 plays per game. So with Jordan's completion percentage of 62.3 percent at an average uh yards per completion of 7.9, he would need to throw the ball on 62% of our snaps to have 2500 yards. So 64 so,
2: yeah. or yards per pass.
0: Or yards per pass. Right, I'm just I, I just literally wanted to break down cuz I think what, what what I was chasing there was Lance basically saying like is that I mean he literally asked like is that that I think it was Lance, is that that crazy of a number 2500 and it's not. But anyway, and then um, also, I mean, like that, that
1: kind of points out well, because I think where's the comment? It's right here. Yeah. King Max said it was 65, 35 run, you know, pass. So if you go from 60 to 40, that's kind of like, hey, that that supplements. That's kind of what we kind of want to see out of Jordan, too. Anyway, so.
0: Yeah. And and let's say you do 35 percent passing, right? So times 0.35 um, times his completion percentage of what did I say, 62.3. You did. Six two three. Okay, so it's thirty five passing on those plays times sixty two three times seven point nine yards per attempt. That would put him at like one hundred and seventeen yards a game. So you'd have twelve. That that would put him right at the fifteen hundred number if you stay in that same split, um, right around the same. But yeah, no. Let's let's get to Andres and Rhinos because that's what we wanted to pivot to talking about recruiting. We'll talk more about the spring game throughout this week, guys. Uh, I think that. Um, there's still a lot more to talk about. I mean, we had some good notes going back and forth. Uh, Pittman's someone I want to talk about. Um, yep. Anyway, but I do want to talk about the recruits. Drake, this is more of a you question. The recruits we're looking for, forward to for um, the summer. I know that you, you've you kept a better beat on them. I admittedly can't remember which ones, unless Armel is not here yet, and then I'm excited for him the most, but I can't remember who early enrolled and who we still have in the pipe.
1: First off, shout out Andres. That's uh, Clay's boy from the wedding. I, remember, I think you met him. as the kid I was talking Spanish oh, yeah, with yeah. at the me? wedding. Yeah, What's up, my guy? I think he means more where recruits are coming in, I guess, to visit it. I think that's more you see the Harris Twins were the linebackers that were actually at the spring game. I think in total there was only 10 kids, which is, I'm not going to lie, it's kind of a letdown from previous years where we've had like almost 30 to 40 kids come in. But overall, I like, the Harris Twins are two kids to watch at the linebacking spot because that kind of shows that one thing that we've been kind of lambasting Coach Shannon for is that his recruiting board is – at this point kind of non-existent so maybe he's kind of like actually going for some kids and then you have walkie did not actually on the defensive line who dave actually is the one who kind of told me a little bit about that game that's someone that we really really should be excited to see and then i mean everyone knows about Amarius mims and i mean that we'll talk about probably on the episode for tomorrow uh because now i think we're basically at the 40 at the 40 minute mark too but those are why don't
0: we just why don't we just stay live and then we'll we'll publish half. Tomorrow we'll we'll publish half right after this, and publish the other half for a second episode tomorrow. I mean, we we're rolling. Make it, let's let's just call an audible on the play. Let's just send the ball. Or we can sure. talk about Mims for like two. I mean, let's just keep going. We've got we've got some good questions here. I think Mims is you know a point of uh, conversation. We'll see where we land.
1: Okay. I mean, with Mims, so basically, I reached out to my my guy over at Miami, and the rumors are true that basically they're definitely making a huge NIL push. I don't think that's probably lost on anybody right now. I know Dave has been freaking out about that because this is basically, I think, what you alluded to at the top of the show and what Dave has been saying, too, that this kind of like will show where FSU's, I guess, standing is when it comes to this new era of college football. But to me, I think overall in the end, I, I think it's going to be a Marius Smith primarily because, one, it's very, very close. He's from the Georgia area. It's like, what, an hour and a half, I think, actually where his high school is located at. To, he has the
2: relationship
1: with Atkins. He has the relationship with Atkins too. That basically Atkins is the only reason why we're even in discussions for this kid. And uh, quite frankly, if he wasn't in the SEC, I wouldn't he probably would have won and M. But for those of you that don't know the SEC after the February 1st of this year, you need a waiver to actually play for that coming year. Actually to transfer in, in conference if you're not a graduate student. So with Amarius Mims, this is a kid that if we land him, we basically are deaf for our defensive line is a lot better. You probably can bench a Robert Scott or maybe even a bless Harris, depending on where you want to put him on the line. And he is someone that in, incrementally at least gives you two wins actually on your, on your, on your record. So to me, this is something that we really need to land this kid because we're probably, in my personal opinion, we're in the driver's seat for this. And I think rising spear, I'm not surprised that rising spear kind of announced this last week. So this is definitely something that they need to uh, get up to the plate for and kind of facilitate to see how this goes out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They- like you said, we're going to learn, if this does come down to NIL, we're going to learn how serious this fan base and this program is NIL-wise about this new era. But setting that aside, again, I've said this a 100 times, the run blocking last year was so bad. What Corbin and Ward did in spite of awful run blocking cannot be overstated. The pass blocking has got to get better if Jordan Travis is going to improve in the passing game. We've already gone over that today. He would make both of those things instantly better over any starter on this offensive line, in my opinion, but especially at the important tackle spot. Getting him Mm -hmm. in literally, like you just said, Drake, would change our record next year.
0: I agree, and look, I think that, again, correlative statistics, as I mentioned last week, would tell you that very few O-linemen can change a point spread. It just doesn't happen. It just, over the course of a season and a game, it doesn't matter enough but that's statistics. Okay. And that looks at huge bodies of data and tries to find correlations. That's not getting as specific as our team. I think based on our team's specific needs and specific deficiencies. Yes. This is a kid that probably adds at least a win to the schedule, right? Because you really can't, you can't quantify it, but it's like, is there a hurry that leads to an interception in a game you lose by four points that maybe if he's at left tackle, that hurry doesn't happen and that's just an incomplete pass or Jordan takes off for two yards. And while it's just one play that picks the end of it, right? Like y'all know what game I'm talking about. Um, Or is there a game that you lose by three points that if your quarterback took one less hit and didn't miss two quarters of, you don't turn the ball over three times and basically again, give that game away. So that's the Florida game. Um, I, I agree. I don't know if he adds two, but he definitely, definitely adds one. I would say. Like last yeah. year, I can I can literally say if he was on the team, we probably beat Florida because Jordan Travis doesn't take that blindside hit that sent him out of the game. Just just straight up, that's a game he impacts, um, and you can't say that very often about an offensive lineman. And I think Dave, I'm going to flip your point on its head and say that not only will we see what are we doing in NIL and where do we stand in that landscape? I think we're going to see, do other things still matter? Because I don't think we beat Miami and NIL, right? I think it's basically one of those situations where you have two job offers and one's going to let you work from home and one says you have to be in the office, but the one in the office is giving you more money. Like we're about to see, does the relationship matter, right? Does proximity to home matter? He's from Cochran, Georgia, which is like, If my memory serves, I probably should have looked that up while I was looking up his high school, but that's, I think, like, outside of Warner Robins. So probably three hours from Tallahassee versus having to go all the way to Miami. I don't think Cochran, uh, Georgia, has much of an airport, so the only way to go to Miami games is going to be for them to drive two hours to Atlanta, fly them, or maybe to Valdosta, just like an hour, and fly themselves down to Miami. Point is, we're going to see, like, If they have a better NIL package, which I expect Miami to have because Rising Spear is new, it hasn't had the time to build the war chest, and they literally have billionaires down there trying to fund this thing, can we still beat them? Or is it literally just free agency at this point where whoever writes the biggest check gets it? Um, This this must be a check in the box for Norvell to be a dead man. He is a
2: must. And not that he's a dead man walking, but he is a must. If we don't land him, that's a big indictment.
0: Dude, I don't like to get that hyperbolic, but that's... Uh, I think he's kind of right you here. You might mainly. be right. Like, that could well, be a dom. That's like the Evan Neal, right? What Evan Neal was to, 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 to Taggart. Because that was the moment we all lost faith in Taggart's recruiting ability. When he basically told us we were getting Neal and we weren't even close on signing
1: day. I think yeah. it also shows that like... If Mims is going to go to Cristobal, who is just now at Miami, who doesn't right. have the same – I mean, I know I think Coach Adai, who's the cornerback's coach at Miami, is was the primary recruiter for him. But if if Cristobal, with no relationship at all whatsoever, lands him over potentially the NIL, whatever's going on with that, and also with Atkins' relationship with you know him as well, that just kind of speaks more like Norvell is not going to be able to kind of keep up with a Miami that's all of a sudden actually going to be fully committed to athletics and whatever the hell Florida's doing.
2: <laughs> well, and keep in if keep in mind if you've never yeah. seen Miami's offensive line coach, I really encourage you to Google it. It's a fun Google. He's like three and a half feet tall. I don't know why you'd want to go play for him. It's really ah, he's go
0: produced several first round picks. Well, just look it up. Y- y'all, y'all do have to take into account though at Miami. So two things: one. Your primary recruiter at Florida State, if you're Mims, has, is not only still there, he's been promoted, right? Yeah, so that yeah, right. that can't be taken lightly. That's a However, factor. Miami's head coach played offensive line. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's the only factor, but that is pretty unique, right? There's like two dudes, right? Him <laughs> and Sam Pittman that are guys that, yeah, didn't he play in the league for five or six years?
1: Uh, um, yeah, I think around four, yeah.
0: Yeah, so my point is like that is also a factor. Having a head coach that played your position is a rarity at, 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 um, at offensive line. But I think you're right. I think this is one of those things where I can give you a list of seven or eight reasons that Miami could beat us for this. But I'm I'm with stoking the Flame and I'm kind of with Mike here, right? Like we got to trust Coach Norvell. We got to trust Atkins. But if they don't pull this one off, I start to wonder like, are you ever going to get the big name guys? Because we've seen you can get us a top 20 class. That's great. If we want to be competing for an ACC championship every third or fourth year and we want, you know, eight wins is the standard. Ten wins is great then that's fine. Top 20 classes plus transfers that kind of, you know, are always letting you punch above your weight a bit. But I don't think that's who anyone listening to this show or anyone writing checks to the boosters or anyone writing checks to rising spear wants to be. And if you're going to yeah. be a top 10 team ever again, and you're going to compete Recruiting for real like championships, it. right? You eventually have to start landing five stars. You, you can't just, you're not, we're not going to cobble together championship teams with three stars. And that's right. You miss on this guy twice. I'm starting to wonder are you ever going to get me five-star offensive lineman? And if the answer is no, that's fine. But we need to go get someone who will. Because if Cristobal's doing it in year one at Miami, clearly we can find someone that will.
2: I don't, no. I don't know that that I don't know that that like puts the Travis Hunter thing in the rearview mirror. But at some point, we got to start some momentum to turn that around. Because I think people are still really scarred by that. And landing a five-star kid at a huge position of need will at least start the healing process for that. Because people are so pissed, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll throw this
0: out there. This would totally make me forget about who Travis Hunter is. I because there's not a single game last year where I say if Travis Hunter's on that roster, you win that game. There are games he probably would have helped us win. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I can in my head immediately point to one, except maybe not dropping the punt on Terry Wilson
1: against Florida. and Jackson will stay too. <laughs> oh, God, maybe
0: assuming he's on the field. You know, who knows if uh, Fuller even puts him on the field then? Because apparently we were playing like, you know what I mean. That's kind of my point. Is he's one, of, but this kid, like this kid, wins you more games and we can point to the games he wins you and exactly why he's the one that wins.
1: Because he is exactly in the one spot that we have much maligned this team for feels like eons now. And yeah, he also yeah. be able to, like you said earlier, protect Jordan Trash from being hurt and missing so many damn games. Maybe we actually win four more games. Maybe we win three. Maybe we don't win any. But he feels like he has that much of an impact. And also, I, know, I see you, Lance, down there saying that we need Mims and the other UGA, UGA guys. Well, that kid's not coming here. Uh, Clay Webb is the kid he's referencing that kid's probably gonna go to the Big Ten. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him over at Wisconsin or Michigan.
2: Oh, great. Another Wisconsin on lineman. Just
1: hey, a, well, just you them. know,
0: maybe in a couple of years. Hey, hey,
1: take hey, take one. I'll take take one or the other. Like that's basically that's what I'm now.
0: No, but I agree. I mean, it's like we we need good offensive linemen if we're gonna do it. And you know, Travis Hunter would have been great. I'm not saying this to make myself feel better. But I will say that this team finished sixth in the ACC with Derwin James on it. So you cannot convince me that Travis Hunter was going to be better than Derwin James. Sorry. I, I think he's almost as athletic. Derwin James would li- literally, is like if Travis Hunter was the size of a full-grown adult, because no one likes to talk about this, but Travis Hunter is also tiny. What is he, 160 pounds? Like he literally doesn't, and Derwin's 220.
2: He's a freak on film, though. I agree, he but really so is was Derwin.
0: And my point was, we finished sixth in the ACC with Derwin James. So to me, you're telling me we could get this offensive tackle? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about Travis Hunter anymore. That would make me feel like I wish we had both. In an ideal world, I'd love to have both. But to be you look the ACC was a lot better back ACC was a lot better back then. But it? I get the point. It, it was, was. It? the ACC was, it? was not good last was was year. It? Was it good enough for six? Wake six Forest
2: is one of the best teams in the conference. Thank you, Dave. God.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's still the conference. You should you should never finish sixth in your conference as Florida State. I don't care what. Conference. I wouldn't be happy with finishing sixth in the SEC, would y'all? Seriously, not not with this team. I'm saying in general, as a fan, would you? Would you? No, we're if, not it, Miami. Exactly. Yeah, losing. Is, you know. All right, let's get one more from King Max. See what he's saying, and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here. Uh, show this one. Oh, I figured out how to do it. Can't quite put my finger on what's going on with the offense, but there's been zero develop. I mean. Here's the problem, King Mac. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, By the way, I decided today while I was uh, chainsawing some stuff, it was really therapeutic. Ron Dugans is getting a break because I actually really liked what I saw from the receivers in the spring game. Their catching wasn't so great, but I, I saw good route running. I saw aggression, and I saw good pass blocking. He gets a break. But you have a dude I've literally never heard of as your QBs coach, and before oh, that God. you had like one of the— most prodigious guys in all of college football. Ask anyone two years ago about Kenny Dillingham. They'd say, one of the smartest guys I've ever met, gonna be a head coach someday. Absolutely. You couldn't say enough praise about him. Tony Tokars might be okay, but we really downgrade at the QB coach position. And and until I see you can't convince me otherwise unless on the field and you're right, Mac, we I agree. I think Jordan Travis looks fine, but he looks like he did last year. I do think Tate looks better, but like Okay, he should look better. He can't look can't look any worse than he did last year. Like, I don't know.
2: What what's the what's the measuring stick here? Is it is it? They're about it's three feet it, to, to yard. It, it can't it can't be Jameis. Is it Frenchy? Like, are we measuring everybody against mm, that? At that's this a good point? question.
0: Like who like who like want. who who do you have to perform equivalent? I don't know. There's 25 folks watching now, guys. Last question in the chat. Who? Who would y'all need to see these guys perform at the level of to say, oh, okay, that's a good enough quarterback? I, I think, I think France, I, I'd say EJ Manuel or Christian Ponder. I mean, I think that's the level like I'd say I would he, expect us to have by you know by now after a while because those are the type of guys you should be able to go get off the trail and develop he, over three he years. He was a
2: five star, but yeah. he was a
0: five star. I, I would say, but pre- I'm talking on G. field Prince performance.
1: Stuff. I would say pre-injury Francois, because I think Sorry. that you're actually with that. And, I, and me personally, I would say Sean McGuire like that. Like, I would say Tate Rodmaker do that. Tate Rodemick, if he's Sean McGuire, I would take down a heartbeat as a backup. Awesome. He came oh, I'd Sean the-
0: McGuire right now. I, yes, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Smag right now. Smag. Let me ask you this. Now, I will say, because Jordan's so special with his legs. I don't think Smag wins you more games last year than Jordan does. But I think if what you're saying is like, How he looks on the field, comfortability with commanding the offense, um, poise, those kinds of intangibles, all that stuff. Yeah, I I think I'd, I think I'd take, I think I'd take Sean McGuire at this point. Um, not, not over Jordan Travis though, because he just wouldn't fit with the team, but I mean, y'all get what I'm saying, right? I get what you're saying. I actually, uh, like his game wouldn't mesh well with this team, but the yeah, level I, of yeah, performance he had I, yeah, on the 2015 team, that's the level of production I'd like to see on this team. He's, he's obviously
1: a better passer, but the legs definitely do bring it, like bring the more important thing they kind of need to, which kind of sucks.
2: <laughs> are, are, are we better in 2022 with DeAndre Francois as our quarterback than Jordan Travis?
0: Pre or post injury? Pre injury. Pre injury, yes. I mean, post that
1: was one.
0: Yeah, oof, no. I, I mean, think gosh... Thanks, Ryan. We appreciate it. Guys, I, yeah, I, I'll it, uh, pre-injury Francois was one of the toughest son of a bitches I've ever seen. Yeah. And that guy took hit after hit after hit and got up. And I think that Jordan Travis is tough as hell, too. I love – y'all know I love Jordan Travis, but I owe it to the people listening to this. I owe it to y'all, and I owe it to myself as a fan, to be honest about what I'm seeing on the field. And unfortunately, I don't think I saw – like what I saw last week, I saw the same Jordan Travis I've seen a dozen times, which, again – to my argument earlier, is going to get us to a bowl game. But it's not going to be the next step. And I think that that's, that's tough. That's, yeah. Yeah, he, so yep. some stuff's got to develop over the summer. Um, yeah.
1: We got nothing more to add no out of that. You know we're on the entire situation.
0: Yeah. Well, folks, hey, thanks for making this a great live show. We love when y'all get in the comments. Um, ooh, King Mac, this is what changed my wrestling career, right? Is when I first was told... Wrestle to win, not to not lose. And that's exactly right. This team needs to start playing not to not lose, right? They need to start playing to win. And I think that we'll see. Hey, they have a full summer. We got player led practices. We have new receivers that they've got to sit there and actually get their timings down with. Um, and we've got new coaches there figuring out what to do. And, uh, Yeah, let's just hope we get mems. So, folks, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate if you're on YouTube. Like the video. Hit the subscribe. We are on the push to 1,000 subscribers. If you've spent the last day or two, depending on how we cut this show up, listening to this, thank you as well. We love you. Holly and Stacy. love you. I'm Max. That was Dave. That was Drake. And this was Locked on Seminoles.
2: Locked on Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network.